That thing where I get a free hot dog and a pretzel tomorrow. What? Where? Mm-hmm. Where and why and how and where? <laughs> it's on Facebook. I'll look it up. Oh, well, my phone's being used to look at you guys. I'll show you after. Just remind me. Did you you don't have to remind your, me. I'll remember. Did you remember. look for your phone? Did you just look for your phone? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I it literally every day. It's playing a podcast to my left, and I'm like, where's my phone? Okay. Mm, I can't find this anywhere. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I'm 95 years old. Looks like a storm's coming, by the way. A storm? Yeah, I just heard thunder. 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 Oh. Aaron, it sounds like you're trying to start a car. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'll let you know if my Wi-Fi starts freaking out or okay. not. Lovely. And hey, and if not, we can just... Hello? What was that sound? Someone from the other side someone... of the ceiling. Did it was God my neighbors moving fart? a chair. <laughs> That was really loud. You know how like bowl- they say bowling is like God getting a sh- or wait they say thunder is God bowling <laughs> getting a, sh- a strike no a spare I don't know something did he fart instead because that's what that sounded like. <laughs> um, none of that was coherent at all. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Morgan. Dang it. I was hoping you guys would fight it out. And it is a gloomy evening in the Midwest. You know, I'm looking out my window and, oh, she coming, bro. I was like, it's kind of sunny. I don't know really what you guys are talking about. (laughs) Oh, actually, it's so bright. My eyes are watering. Okay, closing that back up. Yeah, you can tell we've been in quarantine for far too long. I have nothing to talk about but the weather and hot dogs. That's a whole thing. You know what? I think it's a pretzel pretzel. <gasps> a free Ooh. hot dog and a pretzel? <sighs> yeah. Really By the time you guys hear this, it's going to be too late. Sorry, listeners. Um, but on <laughs> July 22nd, <laughs> uh, I think it's pretzel pretzel. They're going to be giving away free hot dogs inside of pretzels. So if you win, So my diet that, again is ruined know. for this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if anyone went send me a picture <laughs> i love it man i was craving a pretzel so bad yesterday oh that sounds so fire i mean when am i not craving a pretzel but yeah pretzel on a hot dog that's heaven heaven anything new with you guys well the only thing mm. since well i guess whatever well already By the day we're recording, by the time this comes out, I did make a blog post about my trip to Destin, Florida. So that is up if anyone wants to check it out. My blog is erinsadventures.blog. I swear I know what it is. It's spelled Um, A-A. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) You will find a completely different website if you (laughs) type my name like that, probably. But We're all destined to read it. Yeah, I've had a lot of, I've had a couple people like it and a couple people follow me. So, I mean, check it out if you want or don't if you don't want to. That's completely fine. But I thought it was, I don't know, Destin isn't as exciting as the other places I've gone to. But with travel being slim to none, I thought might as well write a little something and hope I can go, you know, somewhere in a couple months. Yeah, that's very cool. Anywhere during all of this is pretty good, so. Yeah, yes. dog the destination of Destin. <laughs> <gasps> uh, mm-hmm. uh, she said it. She said it. 
And I have the game today, so Ooh. nose goes. <gasps> I think it was Sarah, Aaron, me. I'm upset. But I can go last since I was saying it. That's not quite fair. Hey, you gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> oh, Aaron! I'm... <laughs> Once again, no, I will go Morgan last because last that didn't really seem fair. It'll go Aaron, Morgan, and I can go. Mm-hmm. I think I've been first for a couple times in a row now. You know what? Mm. Okay, you know what? Screw that. I'm going because we are not friends anymore. <laughs> and then Aaron and then Morgan. Suck it. Whoa. Mm. Mm. No, I did cheat a little bit. I'll go last. Uh, unless you guys All right. want to go first. No, I'm, nope, I'm going good. In any order. It makes a big difference. No. <laughs> We actually have all of our games scripted. We already know who's going in what order. (laughs) Dude, could you imagine? Like, earth shattering. That'd be so mean. That'd be mean to the listeners, for real. You think we just scripted that dead air silence of us shocked pointing to our noses? That's a good script. I was listening to someone else's podcast, and they're like, nothing worse than dead air. And then I listened to ours, and there's always moments where we're like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's either dead air. It's like defo- no, you go. No, you go. Oh, uh. <laughs> there was <laughs> <Too> Midwest. <laughs> so I was at work today. I was at work today and there was this kid and I literally was like, oh, my gosh, I'm this kid. This kid, <laughs> these two kids were like walking in the hallway and this little girl just like stops, like literally just stops walking, is looking out at the hallway. And she turns to her friend and she's like, sorry, I had to think. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. <laughs> I totally understand it. I love it. I love it. All right. You can go first, Sarah. I'll give that to you. Uh, So humble. Thank you, Sarah. It's because I just had to stop and think for a second. I thought maybe you could go first. (laughs) I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. So the story I have for you guys today is the case of Lynn Messer, which was requested by our listener, Colleen. So thank you, Colleen, for sending that in. In her email, Colleen said Lynn allegedly went missing one night, but her husband is really, really suspicious. However, there haven't been any charges brought against him from what I've last heard. But her husband worked as a lobbyist, and my dad used to talk to him a lot. So I watched a disappeared episode about this case titled American Gothic. You can find the episode on Hulu if you have a subscription, and it is the first episode of season eight. I also used Wikipedia and a few articles from the Missouri Times as my sources. Are you guys ready for this one? Oh my gosh, yeah, so baby. We, we are like, okay, so because Colleen knows her dad, who knows this guy, who knows his wife, we are like three or four degrees of separation from a potential killer. Think and then six that. degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Wrong. I'm um, I'm three. I'm three from Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you're one because I am removes face mask Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> You never knew he was this bootylicious coming to theaters this fall. Anyway, we kind of kind of know a killer and I more well, excuse me. Innocent until proven guilty, but maybe a killer. I'm very excited. Watch her tell the story and there's nothing to say he's a killer and we just went on and on like it must be him. You know what? I'm Sorry, still going to believe it. I'm still going to believe Please it. Please tell us about this mass murderer that we know personally. Kind All of. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Even though we've never talked to him before or met no, him. No, we. Yeah, I, I would. It's uh, yeah, loose. loose we know him by association. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So 52-year-old Lynn Messer was a Bible school teacher who lived and worked on her family's 260-acre farm in Bloomsdale, Missouri. She had been married to her husband, Carrie Messer, a conservative activist and lobbyist for 34 years and was a mom to two sons, Abram Messer, 32 years old, and Aaron Messer, 33 years old. Lynn was an animal lover who enjoyed everything about the farm, whether that was working with the cows and pigs, building a fence, or cutting and hauling firewood. She was always trying to improve farming practices in her community in any way she could. Lynn's sister, Deborah, said she was happiest when she was around her children and grandchildren. She enjoyed teaching her grandkids, gardening, and um, she would go to church whenever it was open. She was also very selfless and compassionate. Many family members said that if you needed anything, Lynn would be the first one there to help, no matter the day or time. She would always come to their rescue, no matter how big or small the situation was. So overall, she sounds amazing. Lynn! I think I'm going to cry. I want to be six degrees from her, not from her yeah. chump husband. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Okay. July 7th, 2014 started off like any other day on the farm. Lynn, Carrie, Abram, and Aaron woke up early and started to complete their tasks for the day. After testing the soil, Lynn left in the afternoon to teach a religious studies class at Bible school. A lot of the activities she did with her students included arts and crafts, and once class was over, she went to Walmart and purchased more art supplies. Later that evening, Carrie was at home preparing for his weekly trip to Jefferson City for his foundation, whose goal is to promote Christian principles in the Missouri State Legislature. Lynn was also at home contacting family members and making plans for the next day. At 11.30 p.m., she called Aaron and left a voicemail asking him to bring his kids over to the house with their homework so she could help them work on it. And then 15 minutes later, she texted Elizabeth and asked if she would like to go swimming sometime tomorrow. And besides that, she had also planned on watching her other grandchildren and teaching her Bible class. Once plans were set, Lynn and Carrie called it a night and went to bed around midnight. Again, doesn't she just sound like the best mom and, also, <laughs> I, like, and grandma? You're doing farm work. Like, you probably get up at the crick crack of dawn and you're going to bed yes. at midnight. Like, girl, when you sleep in. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Did she ever write a book of, like, how to be me? Because <laughs> I will pay up to 20 American dollars for this. <laughs> how to be I maybe, don't think she did. Maybe 30 if it's hardcover because I want to be her. Yeah, really? Yes. Mm. Okay. She's pretty bomb. Yes. Yes, indeed. In the early morning hours of July 8th, Carrie woke up to the sound of thunder. When he turned around, he realized that Lynn was not in bed. This wasn't a shock to Carrie because Lynn was known for going on lawn walks when she was having trouble falling asleep or when she needed to clear her mind. She suffered from anxiety, which worsened after the passing of her father four months prior. And when she was feeling very stressed, she could walk for up to 10 miles by herself at a time. I can barely walk one mile. Oh. And she's 50? Yes. Guys, you got to get our lives together. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. I just want to be got to get it together. Okay, but also he didn't think it was weird that it was thundering. I'm just like, oh, it's probably about to storm AF, but my wife's probably, probably okay. That's kind did of... Well, a lot of her family members... on our weather? Yeah, a lot of family members, like, knew she did this, so... Okay, I'm just saying. So I could I see why walk. he wouldn't immediately be like, something's wrong. He's just like, okay, maybe she went for a walk and it's starting to storm and she's going to come back. All right. 
I guess we're different people, but I'd be worried. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> I aspire to be that person. <laughs> One day we'll get there. One day. <laughs> so Carrie wakes up, sees that Lynn is in a bed. So he decided to take a look around the house. But when he didn't find her, he searched outside. Their home was also having septic tank issues. So he believed that Lynn went to the barn, which had a little like attached apartment with a working bathroom. So he thought, okay, maybe she went there to use the bathroom and she's just coming back. While he I'm was searching, she wasn't out there fixing it by hand because she is super woman. She probably and he would was have. probably like, it's 8 a.m. Lynn hasn't made my breakfast yet. Where is she? He could be nice too, but in my head, I already don't like him. That's how mm-hmm. I imagine him. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. No one does my, my girl Lynn dirty like this. So while he was searching, he did realize that one of the four wheelers was missing. Um, So now we kind of fast forward a bit at 4.15 a.m. Abram and Elizabeth are sound asleep in their home, which is located, um, and Elizabeth, excuse me, is Abram's wife, in case Mm -hmm. I didn't say it. Um, They are sound asleep in their home, which is located half a mile from Lynn and Carrie's house. When they are woken up by their front door slamming and catching on the chain, fists pounding on the door, (gasps) dogs barking, and Carrie screaming Abram over and over. They were both startled and thought that maybe their house was on fire, but they didn't smell any smoke or notice any signs of a fire. Abram went out on the porch to talk to his father, who, by the way, was only wearing pants and had left his truck running in the driveway. Carrie pointed towards a four-wheeler and asked Abram if he brought it to his place last night or early this morning. Abram said he had brought it with him yesterday when he got off of work, and after hearing that response, Carrie started walking away. So Abram was just shocked <laughs> about the whole situation and had no idea what was going on. Like, um, why would he, why would his dad just show up unannounced to ask him a question? That could have easily been a phone call. Or in but so before getting into, be yeah, well, was he a heavy sleeper? Because maybe Carrie did call Abram and Abram slept through it. Maybe. I've known men to do that. Jeez. Could be. I don't think so in this case, though. All right. I All didn't right. read or watch anything about that. Hmm. So I don't. I Show think... me your records. Whoa. So I think Carrie <laughs> just went to Abram's house. <laughs> but before getting into his truck, Carrie turned around, looked at Abram, and said, quote, I don't know where your mother is, end quote. And then he drove off. Also, how bad is this storm? He's acting like a tornado's coming through town. If it was just a thunderstorm, I think it'd be like, yeah, she got two legs. She's going to walk back. I think it was just a thunderstorm. Like, I don't think it was a big deal. So he's overplaying this quite a bit. And You've been not. two minutes in. I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue your story. Oh, I'm already you're suspicious. good. So hmm. Abram, again, shocked, like what the heck just happened, told Elizabeth about, you know, the bomb his dad just dropped but abram wasn't worried either because he also believed that she went into the apartment to use the bathroom or that she had just gotten lost because apparently lynn was horrible with directions which i totally understand because i am too i'm always using my (laughs) gps so you know what i feel you lynn (laughs) yeah i understand take a drink for lynn (laughs) (laughs) so Abram was like, okay, she could have walked to the apartment or somewhere else, and she got turned around and disappeared. Abram mentioned that when he was 10 years old, he remembered being woken up in the middle of the night by Lynn crying because she had gotten lost in the dining room. Now, that sounds really extreme, 
And I thought the same thing. I was watching the disappeared episode and I was like, hold on. I need I need to back up a bit. What did he just say? <laughs> but I will get to this a bit later. But she had been taking multiple medications for different things going on. So I don't know if maybe that could have been a part of it. Granted, I don't know what medication she was taking when he was that young. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know. I have a theory, but I'm gonna I'll, mm. I'll put it at the end. I want to hear the rest. At the end, are you sure? Yes. No. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because yes. I was gonna say the only other thing I was thinking was maybe she was sleepwalking, but I mean, okay, you was ten years old. No, I'll do it now. Okay, so I'm thinking. If you're rolling your eyes, I'm so sorry. But have your parents ever like been in a fight and then you walk in, they're like, "Oh, everything's fine. Like, it's all good." I just like, what if she was just trying around. to be like, like Lynn, badass Lynn, like holding her shit together? Like, oh, how did I get in here? I yeah. wasn't just crying because your father's an asshole. <laughs> My parents didn't do that, actually, but I've seen it in movies. That would make sense to me. No, that kind of makes sense to me, too. I didn't think about that. But, I mean, yeah. it, I I don't know. He was 10 years old, so kind of weird when that happened. Yeah. I don't know. But he said that in the Disappeared episode, and I'm like, well, I'm going to add that in because that's yeah. very strange, but very interesting. Yeah, what a weird anecdote. Like, oh, once she got lost in our farmhouse that we live in. Yeah. And we eat dinner in every day. And I was also thinking, (laughs) just one room, not the not the whole house. (laughs) Well, that I was picturing. (laughs) Ah, good question. I don't know if it was big. I think it was like a two story house. But I was also thinking, and this probably makes me look like an asshole. But uh, you know how with you know coronavirus going on and all these stores that have those like arrows of where you need to stand and go. (laughs) I'm like, what if they put that in their house to like help her? Have you seen the? Did you see the freaking meme? Not a, I don't know what it was. It's like some article where somebody got like kicked out of IKEA for life because they like somehow turned all the lights around to like point and like so people were just walking in endless loops <gasps> in IKEA. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's pretty <laughs> funny. Like, like, like you're like, oh wow, how did I end up back here? Oh, I did forget to pick up these towels, and then you're like, wait, I've seen these towels six times. What? I can't imagine. Trolling <laughs> level one million. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> almost the best place to get stuck in, but also scary because IKEA is huge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like at least I'd have some comfy I mean, furniture I get lost to with the sleep arrows on, working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. yes. So by the way, that's just what I imagined in my head. (laughs) We feel you, Lynn. We've all been there. (laughs) Yes, we do. And so Abram and Elizabeth returned to bed, believing that Lynn would, you know, be home soon. At 6.45 a.m., Aaron arrived on the farm and started to get to work. Aaron lived half an hour away and hadn't heard anything about his mother being missing, until Carrie pulled up in his truck and told him that he couldn't find Lynn. Aaron was like, okay, what do you mean you can't find my mother? And Carrie revealed to Aaron that he had discovered a note left by Lynn earlier that morning on the kitchen table that really concerned him. The first line of the note said, Pop, I love you, and I'm so sorry. Aaron questioned his dad about the other contents of the letter and what it meant, but Carrie just got into his truck and drove off. He really likes to drive off. I don't know why, but he did. Is he even going anywhere or is he just driving in circles? I, that's a good question. Did I don't know. Did someone change the arrows on his he's land? Does he not to know Ikea. where he's Yeah. <laughs> God. It was a 260-acre farm, so I don't know where else he was. Maybe he was still looking around and he's like, I just need to tell you this and now I'm 
off to try to find her. I don't know yeah. what he was doing. Man but... of many words and many yeah. dives. Crazy. All right. So Aaron, just like Abram, is like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? Um, and he didn't know what to think, but he knew that he couldn't stand around. He started to conduct his own search around the farm, even rummaging through grain bins and barrels, looking everywhere he thought his mother, you know, could have possibly gone. Mm-hmm. Abram woke up around the time Aaron was searching the farm, and he called both Lynn's and Carrie's cell phones, but neither answered. Abram was really feeling in his gut that something wasn't right, and his fears were realized when Carrie returned his call at 7.15 a.m., stating that Lynn left a note at the house, and they were probably going to have to call the police. Abram was freaking out, and he asked his dad what he should do, and Carrie told him, quote, Well, I need for you to go and move the cows. End quote. Abram found this request um, extremely odd, but he was like, okay, whatever, I'll go ahead and do it, I guess. So he ran the cows to where his dad told him to, and by 8 a.m., after Aaron had been searching the entire farm, even the apartment, and Lynn was still nowhere to be found, he started to also believe that something was very wrong, and he decided to call 911. Good, good boy, Abram. Yes. Yes. Sergeant Austin Clark recalled starting his morning shift at the sheriff's office completing paperwork when he was informed by his lieutenants that a female had been reported missing. Sheriff Gary Stolzer, who knew Carrie from the community, told Disappear that St. Genevieve is a small town with a population of about 18,000 people and missing person calls were not typical for that area at all. Both Clark and Stolzer arrived at the farm and they split up to interview the messers. Stolzer talked to Abram first, where he gave his timeline of events and everything he knew about his mother's disappearance since he was woken up by his father earlier that morning. Clark, meanwhile, stayed at the house to, you know, question Carrie, and he also secured the house as a potential crime scene. He searched the house for signs of a break-in or struggle, but there were no signs of forced entry or evidence of abduction. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary to him. During his search, though, he did notice Lynn's purse cell phone, glasses, and um, a medical boot. And according to the Missouri Times, she had a broken pinky toe after a steer stepped on her foot, which sounds absolutely horrible. (laughs) Sounds like it was very painful. (laughs) And everyone still thought it was plausible. She's going for a 10-mile walk. walk? It was her pinky toe, though. And even in the Missouri Times article. my pinky toe. And I was hobbling around. Oh, okay. true. Yeah. It is Lynn. It is Lynn. Take it is Lynn. Like. But, bro, that's just. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, no, yeah. no. Mm-mm. When I say be good to yourself, I don't always just mean mentally. If you have a broken <laughs> pinky toe, make your husband drive you around in the back of his truck. He loves doing that anyway. You might as well ask Take for a ride. Take a rest. Take a rest, girl. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes. allegedly she didn't use. Um, the walking boot all the time. She just used it every now and then just to get around the farm for whatever jobs she was doing. So didn't seem like she used it too much. So Clark believed that since Lynn didn't take any of her personal belongings with her, she wouldn't have gone far. However, he was shown the note Lynn allegedly left, which he described as an I'm sorry type of note, not a note someone would have left if they planned on returning soon. So, for example, um, another line of the note that was released said, I'm sorry I made you hate me. Sorry, everyone. Clark and Stolzer initially thought that Lynn went on one of her walks since they had heard from her family that she did that quite frequently and maybe she got turned around or lost. They believed she was somewhere on the farm or in the nearby woods. But after seeing the note, the officers feared for her safety. 
Carrie, Abram, and Elizabeth were at the house when one of the officers asked Carrie if Lynn had ever suffered from depression or taken antidepressants. Carrie seemed very offended by the question, and he said that she had never been depressed, nor had she ever taken medication for depression. Abram was stunned, saying in his interview, Hold up. Mom's been on antidepressants for over 10 years. And this also was not a secret to anyone in their family. So it was revealed to... Yeah, it was revealed to the Missouri Times that Lynn was taking uh, diazepam, which is a prescription anti-anxiety medication. So not antidepressant, but anti-anxiety. But apparently, Carrie had this idea that they were a quote-unquote perfect family. And I guess if he acknowledged Lynn's depression, that that would ultimately ruin that image he was trying to portray. So he just never accepted it. No, 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 no. Okay, Michael Scott. (laughs) I'm actually glad you got that. That's exactly what I was going yeah. for. But no. Yeah. No. God. Yeah. Mental illness shouldn't be like a faux pas thing. Like people mm-hmm. struggle with it from time to time and that is fine. You have to do whatever you have to do to make your life better. If that means you're taking medicine, go for it. If that means you're going to a counselor, go for it. God, doesn't mean you're not a perfect family. A perfect family, in my opinion, would accept it and help you get through those times. I'm done. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Carrie, now I super hate you. (laughs) Mm. So, (laughs) go on, go on. You're good. So Elizabeth chimed into the conversation and asked Abram, did you tell them what happened in the barn? So with officer's full attention, Abram told them how six months ago, Lynn had contemplated suicide. She had grabbed a gun and went out to the barn where she planned on ending her life but she ended up changing her mind. Carrie became physically upset after hearing this and yelled at Abram, be quiet, that never happened, stop making things up. Elizabeth didn't back down, though. She told Carrie she knew it was true because Lynn had told her about it, and Carrie's response to her was, well, I didn't know that you knew about that. And Abram said in... That doesn't make it true yeah. or untrue. That's a little bit rude. Okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it how Abram said it, because, by the way, Carrie wasn't in the Disappeared episode. So. Shocked. I'm shocked. Mm. <laughs> he seems like oh, he'd I'm be sure. front and center. Yeah. So he wasn't in the episode, so I'm saying it how Abram said it. So also take that, I guess, with a little grain of salt. But Abram said in his interview, quote, it was at that moment that there was no doubt in my mind that my father was not telling the truth. End quote. Okay. So, yeah. Very perceptive, yes. Mm-hmm. He's a liar. There was a chance that Lynn could have left in the middle of the night to harm herself, so Clark and Stolzer contacted the Eureka Search and Rescue Team of the Missouri State Highway Patrol, several fire departments, and the strike team out of St. Louis to grid out the farm to make sure they were searching the area as thoroughly as possible. Hundreds of volunteers also arrived to help with the search. They spread out and walked across the farm in a straight line, combing the entire area not just once, but three times. Unfortunately, the search didn't turn up any clues, and police started to question their theory that Lynn committed suicide. If that were the case, they believed they would have discovered her body during, you know, the search. Yeah, most people wouldn't hide their own, like, they can't hide their own bodies, you know? That would be hard. Oh, yeah. There was um, another theory that was actually presented and um, introduced to police by some of Lynn's family members, though. Lynn's sister, Julie, recalled a number of times where Lynn accidentally mixed up her medication or took the wrong amount of medication, which resulted in her one time crashing her car and, in a separate incident, passing out in her kitchen. 
Lynn was not only taking her anti-anxiety medication, but she also took sleeping pills and prescription medication for chronic bursitis in her hips. So a month after her father's funeral, her doctor informed her that her condition, which was incurable, was worsening, and she would have to deal with the pain for the rest of her life. For someone as active as Lynn, and like we've said, she seems like Wonder Woman, um, Mm. I'm sure she had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that she may not be able to continue doing the things she loved um, anymore. So a lot of family members were asking, what if she took the wrong medicine or took too much medication, which caused her to become disoriented, and in that state, she didn't realize where she was or who she was, and she left the house in the middle of the night. And I can definitely see how... You know, mixing all of those medications together, whether or not they're meant to be or if she took the wrong amount, how that could have some side effects. And then that's kind of what I mentioned whenever Abram was like, yeah, my mom went missing in the dining room. I don't know if that had something to do with it, if her sisters are like, yeah, she's done this before on accident. I guess so. it happening. Like, it's not crazy. It happens. Yeah, it's, yeah, I didn't think it was a crazy theory to think about either, so... And multiple medications can be tough to manage. Like, it's not like she was doing it on purpose. She could have just slipped up. It happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And depending how they looked like, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've done it before sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to take, like, my birth control or something. And I accidentally take, like, so, I don't know. Like, I, I take, like, a headache medis- medicine or something. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I'm literally just not thinking. Well, you guys have seen my ulcerative colitis medicine, right? It's like these big old, like, horse pills. No. Yeah. Yeah, I take four of them every day. It's sometimes I forget if I've taken them because it like becomes like second nature. I'll sit there and be like, oh, oh. I literally got a pill organizer like I'm 95 to make sure I don't forget them. Like, oh, honey, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. I feel like I- don't you worry. I've got one. Mm-hmm. So it's blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I now need to order one because I take um, some medicine for like my acne and stuff since it's been bad. Um, recently, and I'm taking one a day. But sometimes, I think since I wake up so early, mm-hmm. I'll like go out in the kitchen and maybe like make coffee, and I come back and I'm like, short term memory loss. Did yeah. I just take this, or did I not take it? Should I take another one? Which is fine if I take two, but I'm like, I don't want to. Moral there you of have the story, it, folks. Order yourself a pill organizer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they have from your perfect three AM. podcasters. <laughs> Like AM and PM for each week. I just have a you know, Monday, Tuesday, through one one little container per day. But I've also seen monthly ones because some people are crazy or they travel and they need it very much. Oh, less. true. So. Now, I have this cute little Vera Bradley one that comes with a Vera Bradley like zip up case around it. Okay. You can order that. Ooh, cute. Cute like Sarah. Mine's blue and costs like a dollar. <laughs> I got mine I on sale for like $6 from it. the outlets. <laughs> what? Shush, I'll post a freaking picture of it. I swear to God, I'll send it to you. Like literally, so I'm like, I'm like, God, why are these so freaking hard to open? And like, I'm like popping the top and it like hurts my hand. And like, I look and it's like, oh, on the front of it, you're just supposed to like push the plastic to like pop the tab up. And I was ripping open because I'm. You shouldn't have told us that, and you could have made that our game next week. Me and Aaron have to figure out how to open this thing. (laughs) Open. Get the pills out as quick as you can. Wearing oven mitts. Missed opportunity. (laughs) Wait a month. I'll probably forget about it. So. (laughs) But what I'm saying is this happens. That's not crazy. And if Carrie is pissy about it, he can suck it. Yeah. 
I don't think he was pissy about it. I think family's just like, hey, like this has happened too. So maybe like she's not on the farm. You know what I mean? Maybe we shouldn't just be looking around the farm. Fair enough. So yeah. On the evening of July 9th, police set up roadblocks on the highway and asked every single driver that went through if they had seen or heard anything unusual in the early hours of July 8th. If Lynn was in a confused state, officers believed she possibly could have made it to the highway, which was a little over a mile from the Messer House and Farm and up a gravel road. If she did make it to the highway, maybe she could have possibly gotten into someone's vehicle. So police kept the roadblocks up until dawn, but they didn't get any answers. Other officers, along with volunteers, continued to search the farm all day and night. They uncovered no clues regarding Lynn's whereabouts. During his interview, Stolzer said he knew that as the days went by, there would be less chances of finding Lynn. With no other clues to go off of, the police decided to polygraph the Messer family. And one member did fail his polygraph, but I don't think you'd be able to guess who. The dog. Um, Wow, well. (laughs) You're exactly right, Sarah. (laughs) I knew those barks didn't add up. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. Not Abraham. Abram? Is that? (laughs) Abram, yes. Yeah. Yep, that's that's my guess. Yeah, so you're right, Morgan. It was Abram who failed his polygraph. And so drink, Sarah. I'll drink. <laughs> Gladly. And I thought you'd never finally, ask. I get a question right. Finally, <laughs> I get a question right. <laughs> so Morgan, you were right. Abram did fail his um, polygraph. So detectives kept him at the station for nine hours, questioning oh, him, making him go over every single detail of everything he did on July 8th. He was asked, or I guess the other day as well, he was asked the same questions multiple times, and he was told to retrace his steps again, I guess to see if he would trip up or add any new details to his story. Abram mentioned something to police that he hadn't initially told them at the farm, though. A week before his mother's disappearance, he had gotten into a big argument with Lynn about how to raise his kids. He told police that he lost his cool and lashed out at her. However, a few days later, he apologized to Lynn, told her he loved her, and they hugged it out and made up. Other family members backed up Abram's story, and none of them believed that Abram had anything to do with Lynn's disappearance, which I also don't think so. I mean, I've gotten into arguments with my family members over how to raise common, your kids. So. <laughs> All your children. Well, not like that, All but already, <laughs> not that specific argument. If he's, if he's already stressed that he thinks that that's going to implicate him, then he's going to, his heart rate's going to be up. Like, I'm sorry, like, as much as polygraphs can like kind of lean one way or the other, they're not always great tools. No, I don't. Like, I would not, not advise anyone to take one. No. Yeah. No. But it's just something to think about. If I was nervous and I was upset that my mom was missing, then yeah, I probably would fail too because I'd be like, I don't know, I bleh, and just not be able to answer. <laughs> well, and think how guilty you might feel if you guys just had this fight a week ago. Exactly. I would be. A hot oh yeah. Mess. Exactly. One of the like last things you remember. Yeah. Is fighting with your mom and now she's gone. Yeah. Everyone call your mom. Tell her how great she is. She's great. (laughs) I love you, Lisa. (laughs) Steph? Steph me? (laughs) 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 I I won't talk to her like that, but I'll call her. All right, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Police weren't ready to rule out Abram as a person of interest, though. They questioned why he moved the cows that morning, so Abram explained that Carrie told him to move them. He described his father as authoritarian, and if he told you to do something, he expected you to do it right away. The police dropped this bombshell that Abram had no idea about. They told him that during their search of the farm, search dogs picked up Lynn's set near the cow pasture. The dogs started to go up a hill, 
but then lost her scent. So Abram realized that his dad told him to move the cows to the end of that exact trail where the dogs had lost his mom's scent. So he started to wonder if Carrie told him to do this on purpose so that the police would be suspicious of him. Or to cover some tracks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I'll get to it at the end. He's guilty. They're all guilty. Carrie's actions obviously seem fishy, so he was also brought in for questioning. When asked why he wanted the cows moved, Carrie told police that the night before Lynn went missing, she had told him that the cows were due for pasture rotation. Police were like, okay, well, why don't you just tell us everything you did the day before Lynn went missing? So Carrie started listing off everything, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary until he mentioned that he had washed their dog in the bed of his pickup truck. Police found this very odd. They hadn't heard of anyone ever washing their dog like that before. I don't know if you guys know of anyone who does that. No. That's a country thing. I don't know. Uh, Sarah. We send our dogs to the groomers. So Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to be like, oh, we have a groomer. They're two tiny shih tzus. They don't like the water. And my parents think it's worth the $25 to send them. Um, If anything, if it's a real farm country dog, it's like, here's the hose. Rinse you off. Go lay in the barn. Like, what? Or a bucket, I would think. Yeah, that's weird. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Weird. So police questioned that, and they wondered if Carrie was trying to get rid of evidence. They returned to the farm and tested his truck for blood, but no blood was found anywhere on the truck. Clark remembered that while he was searching the house, he noticed bottles of bleach in the bathtub, so he also questioned <gasps> Carrie about that. They learned that Lynn and Carrie made their own bleach, and they seemed satisfied by the answer. Like, all right, I guess this is something farmers do. Um, I really didn't look into it, though. So, was that Thunder Morgan? Oh, it be, it be yeah, girl, it's about to be popping. Well, maybe oh. it's moving over to you, because I haven't heard it. <laughs> it's starting to rain. Oh, she coming in. She no. is a bruja. Oh, it's raining here. Never mind. Have you guys Maybe noticed, it. Morgan, it'll thunder at your house, and then within like five minutes, I hear it come over to me. It's like, boom. Boom. Woo-hoo-hoo. Now I know she how many miles apart she we are. Traveling. <laughs> Don't triangulate my location, Sarah. Jesus. I'm just kidding. She's five seconds it, like- of thunder away. <laughs> <laughs> Bind us. <laughs> and Aaron can't it's hear tiny. it at all, so good luck. I'm just in the zone of the story. <laughs> the so, thunder zone, if you It's will. definitely adding exactly. a spook factor. Like when like you say something kind of bold and then like a lightning strikes and I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> it's the perfect ambiance. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so the officers did seem satisfied with that answer. I mean, if listeners, you know, if you're listening and that's not normal, send me an email, let me know. Um, But apparently they made their own bleach, so they didn't question Carrie any further about it. The other thing that came into question was Lynn's note. The note was printed, but after searching the house, Clark realized that Lynn typically wrote in cursive. (gasps) Abram had also questioned the origins of the note, and he didn't believe it was made in one sitting. Quote, the top lines were written with a very fine pen. The center part of the note was written with a sharpie, and the closing line was written with the same style of ink pen as the top. End quote. So if Lynn did write this note, why would she switch from using a pen to using a Sharpie and then end her note with the same pen she used from the beginning? That's really weird. I would do that when I passed notes in middle school, but that was not the same thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. 
Yeah, something note. Yeah. The note was sent off to an FBI lab in Quantico, Virginia to be analyzed. However, the results came back inconclusive. So they can't be 100% sure that Lynn was the one who wrote the note. Um, but they're also not 100% sure that she didn't either. So, ma'am. Yeah, that didn't end up, you know, helping out any. Searches of the farm and the surrounding area were held every day. Family and volunteers would search by foot, while Deborah and other family members would search the gravel roads and ditches by car. One of the saddest parts of the dis- disappeared episode by far was watching Elizabeth describe the searches. Every time she came across bones, she was so afraid and would think, is this it? Only to find out that they were animal bones, and then that whole process would just continue on and on like that oh. for months. I couldn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was very upsetting. She was physically, physically upset. Carrie and other family members made appearances on local news channels and press conferences in the hopes that someone would come forward with tips about Lynn's whereabouts. In one such news appearance, Carrie did appear pretty upset. He told the reporter that he wasn't sure what happened to his wife. He said that maybe something, in his words, I don't think it was worded well, but in his words, he said something, quote, went wrong with her mind, end quote stating that she suffered from long-term pain and was taking medication for it. He ended the interview with, quote-unquote, I'd like to find my wife. He told the Missouri Times something very similar, quote, I believe there may have been an adverse mental reaction to those pills. I've had some folks say that it would be flushed out of her system by now, but based on some of the research I've done, that's not necessarily a guarantee. I think it's possible that there's a long-term mental reaction here and that she may be in a very confused state, end quote. I think Sarah and I are thinking the same thing because we both went, Yeah. Yeah. You're you're now (laughs) suddenly admitting that she was on medication so proudly and so, and that's the reason she's gone? Oh, Hmm. no. We're not thinking the same thing. that's where my mind went. Because he was like, oh, no, we're fine. We're a perfect family. But no. No, I was thinking more like, you seem to have learned an awful lot about medications, sir. True. Which you could argue it's because your wife is gone, but you could also argue you researched it before to provide a good alibi for why your wife is gone. Bum, bum, bum. Aaron, this is where you tell us who's right. Well, if you, you tell will me. probably not be too satisfied, but I will continue oh, on. God, Aaron. All right. <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> so Carrie also used news appearances as a way to reach out to hunters. So they were near the woods. And since hunting season was coming up, he wanted them to be on the lookout for anything suspicious and to Can't contact law good? enforcement <laughs> if they found anything unusual rather than ignoring it. Sarah. This is serious. I can just imagine. I'm sorry. I can just imagine some. I. I <laughs> Yeah, anyone ever see any eight-point books out there? I've been trying to find a new hunting spot. Look for my wife. But hey, did you see oh, that okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think I meant? I thought you were just like laughing that he asked hunters. And I was like, uh. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's still inappropriate. But no, I was just imagining him being, never mind. Being like a, hey, while you're out there, like yeah. find me a hunting spot. And if you could keep an eye out for my missing wife, that'd be chill. Thanks. Either one's great. We're not asking for much. <laughs> I'm with you now. I'm with you now. I see what you're saying. Yes. Sorry, guys. No, you're good. <laughs> I just saw you bust out laughing. I'm like, this is why people don't watch movies with me, too. I feel like in scary and like serious movies, I always laugh at these really weird spots and it makes people angry. It's just because I imagine it going like to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What do you do? I'm well, also, tell us. <laughs> it makes me chuckle. Thank you. Because my stories 
aren't the happiest. So thank what? you, Sarah. Yours? Yours? I look no. forward to yours every You're day. They're the a pick me up. out of all oh, three thank of you. us. Come on now. <laughs> Always sunshine and roses. The least sinister of them all. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. So seven months after Lynn was reported missing, police were no closer to finding her. But Carrie did tell them something that made them a bit suspicious of him. Like he already wasn't. Yeah. Carrie had been having a secret relationship with a woman named Spring, who had been a friend of the Messer family for about 20 a years. Spring? Spring? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't he mean. know it's a season, not a person? Just because you like them flowers don't mean you're having an affair. Oh, I'm pissed. It's not the strangest yeah, name thought- out there. No, it's not. No, <laughs> but not. I'm just like, ugh. I'm just mad at the affair and I'm taking it out on the name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Spring. I'm sorry. <sighs> All right. So to me and probably to you guys and obviously the police, this secret relationship to them could be motive. But Carrie yeah. said that wasn't the case and that their relationship started after Lynn disappeared. And also at this point, I was wondering why he would even tell this to police. But- I also think maybe he did it because he, he, I'm like tripping over my words, but maybe he did it because he knew that it was going to come out anyway. So he's like, well, might as well tell him now and before they find out later. How long has it been since his wife went missing? Seven months. That's not enough time. And you don't even know. And they were married for how long? Um, like 30 something years. Goodbye. I don't even know if she's alive or dead. It, yes, that is one of the arguments that gets brought up. Oh, from screw apparently, you. yeah, um, it was some source that told the Missouri Times about it was like, how could you have just moved on? So, Sarah, you said pretty much exactly whatever that you know source, that unnamed source said. Um, when the family found out about this, Elizabeth took it very hard. She remembered driving with Lynn the day before she went missing, and Lynn told her, if anything ever happens to me, I want Carrie to marry Spring. Elizabeth thought it was weird that she was picking someone out for her husband, and when she looked back on the conversation, she also thought how she worded the sentence was strange. Lynn said, if anything ever happens to me, not if I die. In her interview, she mentioned wanting to go back in that moment and ask Lynn what was wrong and if she could help her. She said if she had done that, maybe their lives would have been different. Oh, my God. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. Mm-mm. Carrie, however, told the Missouri Times that he never knew Lynn told Elizabeth or anyone that he should marry Spring. They both had what he said, kind of an ongoing conversation of what they would do if something ever happened to one of them. So if something happened to him, Lynn would build a 50-so farrowing house, um, and she would uh, basically just have a pig farm so that she wouldn't have to work at, like, Walmart or somewhere as a greeter or a cashier. Carrie wasn't sure what he would do if something happened to Lynn, but Lynn told him that he should get married. Um, That's so... You can't hear it, but I hope you can feel my eyes rolling out of my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Something tells me yeah. something right. This rain is a uh, very telling of my mood now. <laughs> Suspicious, a little, perfect. A little, gr- a little gray, a little cloudy, a little, sad, little grim, little grim, <laughs> little grim. Mm. That should be your rapper name, Little Grim. <gasps> <gasps> if anything, it probably already is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Fuck the White Claw outlaw. Who's she? Little Grim. 
little grim. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, God. wait, wait, wait. My rapper and DJ name is Lil Grim, but my country star, White Claw Outlaw. Done. Fair. There you go. Done. I want to be able to, to be uh, across different boards, genres, if you will. All in favor. Thank you. Aye. By your motion is passed. Woo! All right. <laughs> that was three for three. There we go. I voted for myself too. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> and that is parliamentary procedure. You're uh... welcome. There we go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, apparently they had that kind of conversation. And then I had previously mentioned that there was an unnamed source close to the investigation um, that also told the Missouri Times that Lynn had um, allegedly went to visit Spring two weeks before she went missing. That was like Ooh. the only time I heard about that was in one of those um, articles I read. So I don't know what she was visiting her about. We could speculate about that. Probably you said for a she long, was a long time. Family friend, though, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, could she be- had like known the family for twenty years, I think. Could be so. Keep your hands off my husband is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Maybe she noticed something. I don't know. Or she went just to visit her for an unknown reason. I have no idea. Weird. No All one right, really weighed in on it. Yeah, keep it in your pants until I disappear. That's that's called respect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, ugh, I hate it. Okay, sorry. <sighs> I'm just very Abram upset. was, yeah. Abram was also quoted in a separate Missouri Times article in regards to his father's relationship with Spring, in which he stated, quote, no one is, <laughs> this is so funny, I'm sorry. <laughs> he stated, quote, no one is naive enough to believe this was a new relationship. There is no time to have a relationship, no opportunity to spend meaningful time with someone. I don't know how my father could say that they were just friends. It was way more than a friendship. Besides, I don't know what kind of friends you need to take Viagra or Cialis to visit. End <gasps> quote. <laughs> I love. He just threw the biggest shade. As you were saying that, the thunder was going, and I could feel it. Literally, Lynn said, "Yeah, son." (laughs) Ding! We hear you, Lynn. What an idiot! If you guys ever do like check out, or any listeners check out the disappeared episode, you can really tell that you know Abram and Carrie's relationship is definitely strained. I mean, I think the episode came out in 2017. Three years have passed. I don't know if anything's changed since then, but yeah. he is not a fan. Aaron didn't really mention anything about his father, so I don't really know yeah. much about their relationship after this happened. But police did reach out to Abram and Aaron to inform them that Carrie was considered a suspect and to tell them their two theories about what they believed happened to Lynn. One, they thought that maybe Carrie murdered Lynn, or two, that Lynn committed suicide and Carrie covered it up. Which actually, that second theory I thought was very interesting and one I didn't think about. Yes. Until I watched the episode. Because Carrie, that, you know, at the very beginning of my story was so gun ho that she wasn't on, like, wasn't depressed mm-hmm. or wasn't on antidepressants mm-hmm. or anti anxiety medication or whatever. And then for her, for him, excuse me, to completely kind of do in 180 on those news um, channels and interviews. I thought that was pretty interesting. It does make so. sense. He doesn't want he doesn't want the quote. I hate this, but I'm don't I mm-hmm. don't mean this, but doesn't want the quote shame that he thinks comes along with mental health or maybe even suicide. So he probably oh that's such a good that's a that's a theory. That's one to sit mm-hmm. on for real. That's mm-hmm. a really good yeah. one. Yeah. However, 
Unfortunately, without a body, they couldn't like suspect him of foul play. There was no physical evidence to suggest that Carrie harmed Lynn or was connected to her disappearance. So while they did kind of suspect him, I think um, I don't think he was um, a person of interest or considered a suspect because they didn't have that evidence. That's fair. It's hard to like get a trial himself without a body. Exactly. So they didn't have anywhere to go with it. For two years, the Messer family and detectives continued their search for Lynn. According to the Missouri Times, people would call the hotline, claiming that they saw someone that resembled Lynn, but none of those leads led to her discovery. On November 1st, 2016, four days after Aaron was interviewed for the Disappeared episode, he and his two teenage daughters were walking in the woods on the edge of the farm, scouting out locations to hunt deer, when they discovered a human skull. Aaron contacted police and told them about their discovery and the fact that his mother had been missing for two years. He recalled seeing the skull on its side, and he noticed that the teeth had fillings. In the 911 audio, he said, quote, there's no question these are human remains. This is my mother, end quote. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It was also mentioned in a Missouri Times article that blankets, a pillow, and a pair of glasses that belonged to Lynn were found near her skeletal remains. Stolzer responded to the call and immediately dispatched officers to the farm around 6.45 p.m. that night. The FBI was also called to assist them, and authorities secured the area and stood guard until the FBI arrived the next morning. And um, as I mentioned, a complete skeleton was recovered, which forensic investigators said had never been buried. After obtaining dental records, the remains were positively identified as those of Lynn Messer. (gasps) And this is where it gets really interesting. So detectives weren't sure how search teams could have missed her body, but she was discovered directly below where the cows had been moved the morning of her disappearance. And per Wikipedia, Dr. Mary Case examined Lynn's remains and stated in her report that it appeared Lynn's body had been out there since the day she disappeared. So she had been out there for the entire two years. Aaron also agreed with Case, uh, Dr. Case's findings, stating, quote, This is a very overgrown area, and quite frankly, where the remains lay in the thick undergrowth around the base of a tree, you'd almost have to walk on top of her to find her there. I can say very clearly that her body was never buried. It wasn't something that was hidden away. It just simply wasn't discovered in the searching, end quote. And then in a different article, I didn't put the quote in here. But he did kind of mention, like, maybe something vicious had happened and someone, like, put her there with all of that stuff. And um, but what he said, his hope is that he kind of hoped it was something she did and that it was the way she wanted to go out. And it sounds really sad, but she he was hoping that nothing vicious had happened. Okay, I don't want to be this gross person, but wouldn't you smell it? I don't know. It was by a cow pasture. It was by the cow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And like, if there's that is a good an question. overgrown area and people didn't really go by there very often, like, I feel like, I hate to be gross, but like, cows there for one day, they poop. Like, you're not going to. And like. with, like, decomposition and stuff, because she was missing in, like, July. It, so. It's probably a little quick, quick. Yeah. So who knows? Because they just like it, um, like the article said in the disappeared episode, they discovered her skeletal remains. So they were able to find her whole skeleton, but it's just very sad. And one week after her remains were found, Carrie was interviewed on national TV where he said, quote, I will say this quote does seem 
taken out of context. I would have to, I didn't look it up. I probably should have, but the TV interview, it didn't show what the reporter asked. And there's another question she asked, and she's a ballsy thing, but uh, I'd be curious <laughs> what question she asked. So this is what he, whatever question he responded to, this is what he said. Quote, I am not sweating over what they found with Lynn's body or her remains because I know there's no evidence that implicates me. I don't believe there's anything that implicates my sons. I want to know what happened. I would like the answers to settle the accusations. Being the husband of a missing wife is not an enviable place to be. End quote. And like I said, I'm not sure what question she asked. They didn't include it in the disappeared episode. So I would hope he didn't just say that out of nowhere. I don't know. But like I said, this news reporter was ballsy. And she literally point blank asked him if he killed his wife, harmed her, or in any way caused her death. And honestly, I was expecting him like he's going to get angry. He is going to, you know, yell. But he calmly responded, no, absolutely not. Lynn and I have had a very loving and abiding marriage and relationship. She loved our life. So did I. End quote. So at any point, was he like, whoo? Happy we found her. I, it was just a little snippet. Okay. I'd have to find the, you know, I'd have to find the the clips, the entire newsreel to do that. So All right. I could probably look it up later and tell you, but that I don't have. That was just what was shown on the disappeared episode. So again, making notes not, com- you know, kind of taken out of context. I would have to watch the whole thing. But those, um, that was what he said on that um, news interview. And Guys, that brings us to today. As of 2020, no cause of death has been determined. And according to the St. Genevieve County Sheriff's Department Major Jason Scott, Lynn's case will remain open until they can determine what happened to her. Stolzer said in Disappeared, quote, until we know what happened to Lynn, we can only imagine all the possibilities of what could have happened. Did she walk away from the house? Did she decide to take her own life? Did someone end her life? End quote. Family members firmly believe that someone at least saw something that night or knows something, anything that happened to Lynn. So if you have any information regarding the disappearance or death of Lynn Messer, please reach out to the St. Genevieve County Sheriff's Office at 573-883-5820. That is 573-883-5820. Any tip, no matter how small you think it may be, could truly help with this case and bring closure to the Messer family. And that is the story of the mysterious disappearance and death of Lynn Messer. Wow. Thanks, Aaron. I know. That's why I said you probably weren't going to like the conclusion. You're going to make me look this up on my own, aren't you? He did it. Carrie killed her. His name is Carrie. Why is he going to kill her? It almost surprises. I don't know. Because I, Morgan, you had said this before. I am a very big proponent of innocent until proven guilty now does carrie look the best not at all but not not at all no i just don't know and there's no evidence yeah yeah i mean if something else Uh, comes out i don't know why they don't i don't know if they just don't know what cause of death they there is no cause of death and nothing's just come out about it i don't yeah, I don't with, know. With skeletal remains, you can actually like they usually can determine quite a decent amount. So it's shocking that they don't have. Well, maybe they have a lead and they're not saying anything. But regardless, that's of yeah, it could be that. Quote, quote, it could solved. be that too. Because when did this happen, Aaron? What year? Um, it happened in 14. 2014, and then her body oh, was found yeah. in 2016. That's the, sec- that's the second question I've gotten correct today. 
Hey, I'm picking up, up thy drink. I Tufa. drink from the cup. Tufa. Well, uh, I may be stealing your line here. Get out of here, Sarah. I may be stealing your line here, but uh, Colleen, thank you for sending that in. Yeah, Colleen thank you. For my yeah, thank of you. Sending in some true crime emails. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you, listeners. Plus, I hadn't heard about the case, so I was very happy to, you know, look it up, which technically I have heard it. I just forgot about it because the only other podcast that we know of that's done it is um, Crime Junkie. I was going to say, it sounded a little familiar, but not as like, it's like, oh, I kind of, that little bit sounds familiar, but like, I don't remember yeah. that part. Yeah. So good job, A.A. Rom. Yeah. Thank Thanks for you. taking us down that dusty old trail. I know. <laughs> Hope you're satisfied or not satisfied at all. <laughs> a little Gee, bit thanks. of both. With that ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we know Morgan's stories always have endings. Maybe. Yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh, I did a place, so we're good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And sorry, you're going to hear my, everyone, you listeners, the my girls, you're going to hear my pages turn a little bit because I, again, it's me. I hand, hand wrote my notes, so... Bear with me. There's a lot of info coming at you. Okay. Uh, so shout out to our little buddy, Sarah. Not Sarah on this podcast. Other Sarah. Sarah wow. S. Um, wow, wow. She <laughs> got me a book for my birthday called True Ghost Stories. And then underneath it, it says, True Ghost Stories of Terrifying Paranormal Activity, Haunted Houses, and Spooky Places from Around the World. Ooh. Um, yeah, so um, from there, I was going to do a, qu- you know, quick, like, little snippets of, like, three different haunted things, and then I was like, Psh, look at this topic. I'm going to dive in, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was covered on an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost. I'm so sorry. I could not locate the episode. They have a lot, and I've listened to them all, so my brain is cannot recall that information, but okay. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard majority of, you know, same, same thing I'm going to bring to you today. So today I am talking about Myrtle's Plantation, and it is a plantation that was built slash opened in 1796 by General David Bradford. Um, It is known as one of America's most haunted homes. It is in Louisiana, uh, and is St. Francisville. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe close to where we're going in New Orleans. I didn't map that out, but yep, yep. (laughs) Um, so honestly, I will put all my sources on the show notes, but a majority of the quick, like, little facts, I actually got on the, on the, like, plant, or the plantation website. So they do tours and bed, like, bed and breakfasts and dinner reservations, all that stuff, all that good stuff. So honestly, most of the legends, they'll give you a brief, like, little summary of everything I'm about to cover. So head on over to myrtlesplantation.com and you'll see a lot of this. (laughs) um so before i get into (laughs) shut up before i get into the ghosts i bear with me i have a lot normally i don't give you like massive history because i hate that shit but i have to do it for it to like kind of make sense okay so main characters of this there's the woodruff family The Woodruffs obtained the plantation because Judge Clark Woodruff was General David Bradford's, uh, was his father-in-law. So Bradford, who built and owned the plantation, his son-in-law took it over. Bradford sold it to Woodruff in 1820. So he held on to it for quite some time. And 
really he sold it to it was Bradford's wife who was kind of related to the Woodruff family but all in all family ties that's who got it okay and then in 1934 Woodruff sold the plantation to and this is so hard because there's like two Sarahs it's it's a mess so in 1834 Woodruff sold the plantation land and slaves included to Ruffin Sterling he and his wife Mary did a large remodel, nearly doubling the size of the former building. So, and this was when all of it was, uh, the name was given Myrtles. So it was, you know, this random plantation for like almost 50, 70 years. And then in 1834, things started changing. Also, 1834 Mm -hmm. is still, um, I feel like, old enough for there to be some like spooky history. So they're doing this huge remodel on this already super old building. And it's still from a long time ago. So it's like. It's double spook in my book. Okay. <laughs> then William Winter married one of the Sterling's daughters, another Sarah. We'll go back to the first Sarah later. They had six children. In 1870, all, all of them named Sarah. Sarah. Sarah with no H, Sarah with an H. No, I'm just kidding. In 1871, William was killed on the porch of their home. And shortly thereafter, Sarah died in 1878 in, yeah, she, she died. That's it. In, <laughs> in 1950, um, after the land was divided and sold many times, it was sold to Mallory. Oh my gosh, my handwriting is so bad. It was sold to Mallory Yushin? Guys, it was sold to Mallory. And I'm proud of her. I That's probably why I wrote so quick because I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, sell to a lady. <laughs> and it's not Miss Mallory. Mallory? It's, Mar- it's Marjorie. I just read my notes again. I'm so what? sorry. Marjorie. Marjorie M. That sometimes went by Mallory. <laughs> sometimes. You know what? We'll just call it Eminem. It was sold to Eminem. <laughs> like the letters, not the paper. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Whew. And that is when things, quote, quote, got weird. She was the first person to report odd things happening on the property and in the home. This is technically when most people say the ghost stories started to, you know, manifest. It did become, like I said, a bed and breakfast, but that wasn't until the 70s. And this is, again, after it changed ownership a few more times. Today, John and Tita Moss are the owners. So I know that that was a lot of names and a lot of people, but I just wanted you to see, like, it's been around for a long time. It has seen a lot mm-hmm. of people. I only called out two of the deaths here, but if you you can dive deeper, there was there's a lot of deaths on the property, you know, wars that happened nearby, people oh. just randomly dying. And I found out, I did all my research, and then, like true fashion, I watched a Ghost Adventures episode, so I learned a lot <laughs> more. So here we go. <laughs> okay so you can look at the pictures i sent you the very not like the go to the very first one like scroll up to that one with the faces blurred out no keep going there should be one more you should see like a plantation house like a black and white yes oh yeah Mm -hmm. this photo was taken to quote show the distance between the two buildings to aid in underwriters for uh, rating a fire insurance policy. So literally this picture was taken and it was just people like taking pictures around the property and that one was asked to be taken. If you zoom in between the two buildings, 
This is, quote, the picture of the legend of Chloe. The picture was Mm. taken in 1992, and it clearly shows who people refer to as Chloe, a slave who lived on, who (gasps) undocumented, undocumented, lived on the property. And people have tried to debunk this. The National Geographic Explorer filming crew determined that the photograph definitely contained what appeared to be an apparition of what they believe to be a slave girl. That is a quote um, from the main website. And then uh, the the National Geographic Explorer crew, they said it should that image should be like blasted everywhere, that you should make it into a postcard. And they called they did, and they called it the Chloe postcard. So I've wow. seen that picture before, and they have other ones online too. They're like closer in, but I wanted to show you the one zoomed out so you could have to have to zoom in to see it. But it, I mean, they even say like it's purport the reason like they like looked at it, it's proportionate to how far the picture yeah. was away and like looks like the person was like caught in the act of like crossing between the two buildings. It's definitely mm-hmm. spooky. And it's definitely like a darker image. Like it stands, it stands out when you know it's there. You're like, Oh shit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and scroll down to the next two pictures. Guys, we'll have this on our Instagram so you can see them as you go if you'd like um okay. this is known as the ghost girl so Ooh. if you look at the first picture you just see like kind of two people with their faces blurred out taking a selfie but in the second one it circles the window behind them this is known as the ghost girl Whoa! of the plantation Whoa! yeah oh my god i was looking at the plant oh my god that's what i was looking at first too and then i was like oh no yeah. Kel's like girl you There's got something- some bedhead you've been sleeping for so long <laughs> whoa that is so. some annabelle shit no no mm-hmm. no so, that's so detailed oh my I, god right it is seen in the window um it like i said it appears to be a two pic a picture of two people taking a selfie um but the creepiest part is is the ghost in the background who seems to be looking directly at the camera many people online do preach its validity and astounding clarity quote it looked i've looked at it pixel by pixel they could not find any doctoring so Whoa. uh it, I mean, I saw it and I remember being like, oh, like it just kind of like, especially since like the first picture, you're like, what am I looking at? Just two blurry ass people taking a selfie. And then you're like, oh, shit. It's it does kind of look like a doll. It's kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. OK. Some other legends. This goes back to our our girl, Chloe. Um, it's some people said Chloe. Some people said Cleo. Ghostbusters kept or Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghost Adventures kept saying uh Cleo. I was I wrote it as Chloe, so excuse me, but either one. We don't know her real name, so guess is as good as ours. <laughs> so this is a like this is the sites legend, and it's kind of all over the internet. It says a slave girl named Chloe baked an or or <laughs> <laughs> wow wow sorry. i'm sorry she baked, serious. no i'm saying wow myself you can you can laugh you deserve it i mean i deserve it um okay <clears throat> chloe baked an oleander laced cake that is hard to say That's hard. anyway and quote poisoned three members of the woodruff family sarah Ooh. and her two daughters uh, and then I, you know, but it's uh, noted that 
in other documents that Sarah and her two two of her three children died of yellow fever. So <laughs> might be a legend, might have some truth. And then the spinoff of that is when I was watching Ghost Adventures, they had a whole different theory. Um, <laughs> of course. Another huge point on uh, the legends of this location is that there is a mirror that is said to be over 200 years old. Visitors say that they can see small handprints on the mirror, drip marks Ugh. that won't go away, and many say they have seen, quote, figures and in old-fashioned clothing lurking inside the mirror's warped glass. That should be, uh, I think, the last picture. Yeah, I'm looking you at guys. it. It's just, I definitely see handprints. I see drippage. Yeah, and they say like there's like that darker spot kind of on the upper right-hand side. They say they clean it and clean it and clean it, and they can't get it to go away. I mean, that's... I, I don't like to debunk stuff like this because it's I love it and I like learning about it, but it's it's an old mm-hmm. mirror. It's definitely possible, but if you see a ghost face in a mirror, like, I'm done. I'm out. So, yeah. Um, and then, like I said, to end my research, I watched the 44-minute long episode of Ghost Adventures, and I will link that in the show notes so you can watch it if you like. It's for free. Uh, so <laughs> they they came up with legend states the winter family's youngest child was very sick with typhoid or yellow fever not clear and the voodoo doctor Cleo so again this is where it's like some discrepancies was called to perform voodoo to heal her and shortly after the ritual she passed away due mm-hmm. to her passing and the parents not being able to grapple with that uh, when she died, Mr. Winter went and hung Cleo on the <gasps> plantation grounds. Jesus. Yeah. There is a record of the child's death and other children, but no record of a slave or a voodoo doctor. At the same time, yo, if you just randomly had a girl hung, I don't think you'd write it down either. So back in the day, things were a lot shadier. Also, mm-hmm. um, like... This country is founded by, like, what, Quakers and Christians and stuff? They're not going to admit they had a voodoo doctor come out. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Many things are not documented in the history of this place. So, I mean, they could have had a very well-known slave and there's no birth or death marked anywhere, but there's pictures of them or there, you know, there's just a lot of stuff missing. That's terrible. Um, On the episode, they do catch a few EVPs. A ball is, like, forcefully pushed down some stairs. Um, many have seen, um, or on the show, excuse me, they saw, so they do like a thermal camera and they have one set up. And at one point they're like on the opposite side of a door, kind of in the front entryway. And they're just chit chatting, trying to like antagonize something. And the doors to the, um, like the, the room attached to them, which is like the dining room are like literally like like shaking and they have a thermal camera set up in there and at the bottom of the camera you can see like a solid dark mist come across like underneath some chairs and it's weird because like a human if that was a human it would have been like orange or red because it's warm so it's like this cold Uh just like like, wiggled across the bottom so yeah it was very interesting um i think it was one of the more like tame but believable episodes i would say right um for being one of the most quote haunted places in america i thought they'd maybe get a little bit more activity but they got evps of a clearly a woman's voice and they did have that ball pushed and uh the story behind that one is i mentioned it earlier in the history when william was killed on the porch 
rumor has it that he was shot and then the person got away. But before he passed away, he made it back into the home, was trying to climb up the stairs to his wife. And he passed away on the 17th step where his wife, he died in his wife's arms. Um, Mm. And they put the ball on the 17th step. And that's where it was pushed from, like really forcefully. So definitely some spooky stuff. I at one point, Zach asked if they could bring a voodoo doctor to do a ritual. And the staff was like, no, 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 no. I'm surprised he didn't just do it anyway. I know. He didn't just bring one with him. In a suitcase. Correct. In a suitcase. Harold the doll just chilling. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. He could bring Harold the doll. Why can't he bring a voodoo doctor? Right. So it's overall a really cool plantation. You can book uh, stays there. I believe like they range from 175 to 400 a night, depending on the time of year and your Dang. size. So it, yeah, they have tours. Can you get gift really cards? Beautiful. Uh, I'm no. adding it to my registry I... if you can get gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. But yeah, so that I'm is the on Myrtle Amazon. Plantation. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That was girl. creepy. Those That's pictures. so creepy. Yeah. I know. I know. The stories are like, okay, yeah, cool. She's like sitting here telling you it. But like the pictures make it. Absolutely make it. So we'll yeah. get this and if they so y'all can see. Okay. Yes, please. If they haven't been debunked, that's insane. That's the part that I think freaked me out the most is that they were like, literally, we've looked at this pixel by pixel and there is no doc, like there's nothing doctored about it. It's just, it's eerie. It's very eerie. Mm -hmm. Why is it not more talked about? Right. Again, most haunted places in America. I'm like, how come I've only heard literally one podcast episode about this and never been there or like been like oh we're going to louisiana let's go there like it's Mm -hmm. yeah so i definitely am wanting to go there someday so oh we're making it happen (laughs) and with that we need to keep we need Mm. to keep a list of like everyone's stories and like oh we should travel here like a sinister travel log (laughs) of places we need to visit that or if our or if our scouts go there, if you guys yeah. go there, take a pick and tag us. We want to know where you go. Yeah, if they go scout it out for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, scout it out. Scout it out. But uh, that's cool. all. That's it. That's some ghosties. That's some. Thank you. Yeah. Bad. Thank you. Yeah. I tried not to touch too much on the slavery shit because, like, we don't need to talk about that. That's ghosts Awful. are. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a nice plantation home from back in the day. I'm glad it's turned into a museum now and a bed and breakfast, as they should be. Yeah. I'm going to go visit. Right. I'm going to see you. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Morgan. I am so jazzed about my topic today. Um, <laughs> and it is a super rare gem, as in every kiss begins with psychosis gem. Um. <laughs> But before I start, I'm going to give you my <laughs> references. Hold on. I got to turn on my second computer. Uh, out of your six that you have in front of you? Yes. It has not been a smooth day, guys. Mm-hmm. You're kidding me. All right. Well, I can't because it's dead. So I will put them in the show notes. Um, <laughs> I used a YouTube video and some websites. What were they, you ask? You'll see in the show notes. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about shared psychosis, and it also goes by a little <gasps> ditty called Folia Do. Mm? I know. What? Free Shavaka Do? What? Yeah. <laughs> Free Shavaka Do? <laughs> Okay, before you ask, yes, I did make myself a pronunciation guide. No shame in my talk game, bitches. (laughs) That was so weird. Okay. Um, So I'm going to get – just give me a second. I'll explain what it is. It is foliadu. It's French. Foliadu. Foliadu. I'm saying it the most American way possible. Foliadu. Don't mind if I do. Okay, it was discovered in France. In the 19th century, when a psychiatrist worked with a married couple that had been given the names of Margaret and Michael. I don't know the real names. I don't think anyone does, but that's not uh, important. Okay. I was like, given the names? <laughs> they were christened with the names Margaret and Michael. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Like I said, they were married. They're in their mid-30s, living in France, all good, except they had this very strong delusion that people were sneaking into their house at night and spreading dust and fluff about. Oh, and these mystery people were also wearing the happy couple shoes. Normal thoughts, right? What? I've never heard of this. Oh, I what? And they didn't take anything. They just came in to throw dust around. As you do. Yes. As okay. Like a fairy? Dust and fluff. Yes. Are they normal sized people? (laughs) I need to know. (laughs) They have to be normal sized. They are wearing their their shoes. So they're big enough. That's true. Okay. All right. So. Not normal is the answer to that. Um, certainly, psychiatrist Charles, I didn't do the pronunciation guide on this. Charles Lesegue, I'm sorry, Charles, also found this odd because he was the first to diagnose this ailment and he named it folia du because in French that translates to madness shared by two. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. But it does hit the nail on the head because the way we study it now and define it. And it's a mouthful, so here we go. It is defined now as a transference of delusional ideas and hallucinations from one person to another. Some people even call it contagious insanity. Dang. Mm. What? Yes. Bro. I love learning new stuff. I didn't know anything about this. I told you I am just. So a majority of the time, fully ado. Folia do is talking about two people, but there is the possibility of folia tre, folia quat, tre, I don't know, folia sink, folia famille, meaning it can be three people, four, five, or a whole family. Oh. Um, yeah, but most uh, most studies have been on two people, so let's dive into that, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, in most shared psychosis studies, there are always two main players. Um, um, what I mean is there's two main types of people involved because this can't always just happen between any two people. So we have a primary and a secondary. The primary person can also be referred to as the inducer or the dominant. This person has the delusion first and they are that driving force of the shared psychosis. So at first psychologists, they thought that the primaries were more intelligent than their secondaries, but over time, we figured that out that that's not true. The primaries are usually suffering from some kind of mental illness, though. Most commonly, you're going to see schizophrenia or any delusional disorder or even any major. Whoa. Whoa. Or even any major. Mo- yeah, I don't know. Something just stopped. A synapse did not connect. <laughs> 
You and stopped and thought. I did. I stopped and thought. Oh you my god. You stopped and thought. <laughs> Episode 25, stop and thought. Stop okay. And thought. <laughs> that should be a game. Okay. So you can have schizophrenia, any delusional disorder, or even a major mood disorder like depression. So over half of these primaries are going to see hallucinations as well. And yeah, basically these are your Mean Girls, Tina Fey characters. They're pushers. They want you to join the mathletes. They want you to see their delusions and see what they see. We'll see their hallucinations. Oh. Um, okay, so, so does they person one feel really real to them, right? Yes, yes, okay. they do. So I mean, it's not. They're just trying to like work out what's happening. I kind of get that part of it, but yeah. Okay, sorry. I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're following all the way. So that's person one. That's your pusher. Um, okay. You're a inducer. So your secondary individuals, they can also be called associate or the submissive. I'm going secondary. These are the ones that will actually suffer from the folia do or the shared psychosis because they don't have whatever delusion um, the primary has originally. But they're going to adopt it and buy into it sometimes big time. And again, this cannot just happen to anyone the secondary is going to have to be a more passive type of person. Um, they probably have some kind of cognitive impairment or even language difficulties. And especially if there is something preventing them. Yeah. Yeah. Not especially. Mm. Essentially, there's going to be something preventing them from making sound decisions. And a lot of times these secondaries, they may also have a substance abuse disorder. Oh. Yeah. And remember where I said over half of primaries are going to see hallucinations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, only about 30% of the secondaries will. And the ones that do see them, they will see them less frequently and less intensely than a primary. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so this may be a good time to stop and ask, do you guys know the difference in a delusion and a hallucination? And this is not a trick question. A hallucination? Uh, no. I mean, I, I don't want to guess because I want to sound dumb. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Is a delusion, like, does that have to do more with, like, the belief that something's actually there? But hallucination, you know it's really not. Like, you know you're seeing something that seems weird, but it's, you know it's not really you there. started so strong. Both of you <laughs> take a drink. So, a delusion, it's all in your head, kind of. So, Aaron, this is where you were spot on. It's the ideas and the unsupported concepts. They are usually false beliefs that are going to interfere with your daily life, and they can't be supported by anyone else but you. Maybe a handful of others, but not by the community that you live in at, at large. So That's the example I found, yes, this is delusion. Okay. Okay. Delusion as in delusion it in your head. You don't know what's going okay. on. Uh-huh. No, I just great. made that up. Yes. That is not no, a scientific. I will I'll never <laughs> forget that. that. I'll never forget it. Delusion it. So the example I found was if you're in a community of like, people that hardcore believe in voodoo and you think that you're under a voodoo curse, that is not a delusion. But me, Sarah, from the sticks of the Midwest, if I start to believe that I'm under a voodoo curse, that would be a delusion. Or if I make you guys start using walkie-talkies instead of phones because the government is after my intel. Delusion. The government can listen in. They're going to be bored out of their minds. Um, (laughs) All I'm going to chant is, free Britney, to everyone that I call. (laughs) I actually, I don't mean to cut you off. I was talking uh, to my friend Haley, who is yeah. in our sorority the other night, and we literally were just talking about that. <laughs> Haley was like, yeah, someone's probably listening in. My guy's name is Bert. I like to think he's living a happy life and he's doing <laughs> such and such. So <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, I'll name mine too. <laughs> They're listening and- in. Might as well. 
Keep What's him entertained. Yeah, what is Gerald. it? Gerald. <laughs> now, Gerald. that's a government name. I like that. Yeah. Ryan's name is Mallory or Marjorie. Uh, Ma- one. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever she I don't care to who you by. are. Just that's free it. Britney. Let her alone. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say it's kind of weird that, we two, that two out of the three stories we talked about voodoo. I'm just saying. I was actually thinking that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, spooky. Very, very spooky. So that's a delusion. It's those, those ideas that can't be supported. A hallucination is something that attacks your senses. You can hear voices. You can smell things. You can see people or even see an unusual feature on someone. Like once I had to watch this video, like it was a mock video of um, like what someone's schizophrenia would see. And there's like snakes Ooh. coming out of uh, like the corners of the room. One guy grows like a third eyeball on his forehead. And it's hard to know, like, what's real and what isn't real. It has to feel like what I imagine an acid trip would feel like. Like, you don't ever really know. But it's going to seem really real. So, yeah, you can see things. You can feel things. Some people have reported feeling bugs crawling on them. You can even taste them, like the taste of metal. But none of it is real. Oh, This is the hallucination. I thought you meant taste the taste of bugs. And I was like, damn, that's gross. I mean, you could do that, too. It's It's got to be terrifying. Like, neither one sounds good. I don't know which one is more sinister, but terrifying no no thank you thank you yes Mm -hmm. cool so that's the difference thank you one's in your head one's what it's quote unquote still in your head but you can see it feel it it's all your senses so Um, it's like slightly more real yes to the person i don't know they both probably seem real but yes that's true that's true okay i'm trying to correlate it in my own brain okay i'm with it i'm with it okay um so characters have been described let's add some backstory so like i've said um three times on this page you can have all these qualities and still not suffer from shared psychosis what needs to happen is like a mixture of qualities of a person that i just described and environmental factors so these two three four whatever people they're going to need to have a prolonged and close relationship there will be some social isolation which when i was watching this youtube video Oh, I watched a YouTube video with Dr. Todd Grande. That is one of my sources. He, Dr. <laughs> Todd Grande points out <laughs> that, oh, that this one is in special, well, this one is especially prevalent in shared psychosis, which makes sense because it's probably the same reason that cult leaders like to take people to isolated areas. Mm? But I digress. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds yes. familiar. Like maybe like a little bit of like Jimmy Jones. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Jimmy Jones and my Dimmy Dome. <laughs> in Uganda. Okay, so in shared psychosis, 90% of the people are in the same family. So that to me was crazy. Like once you like look in that family though, there's an even three-way split that it could be the married couple. Well, it could also just be the couple. You don't got to be hitched to have a family 2020. So it could be a couple like. You know, two mm-hmm. people that love each other very much. Um, it could be siblings or it could be a sibling and a parent. There's no, Ooh, that's like spooky. it's all, a, yeah, like 30% each way. There's no hard, fast rule, which most likely. Okay. Pretty, pretty crazy. So even so, psychologists have narrowed down the types of relationships and not just like labels, but how the psychosis can spread. This sounds like a virus, honestly, and it kind of is. So the first one is called imposed, yes, imposed psychosis. In this one, the delusion will spread from one person to another, but the secondary person is going to be of sound mind. They have no mental disorders to speak of. 
good news on this one. Whenever the relationship ends, so will the psychosis. The second one is simultaneous psychosis. Um, This is where both parties have risk factors through long social interactions that predispose them to psychotic illnesses, which is the longest way to say that they're, this is where you're going to see like siblings. Mm -hmm. Yes, because long social interactions, like their whole life, they may have gone through some things that would predispose them to psychotic illnesses or it could run in their family. So simultaneous, most commonly is linked with siblings. Uh, there's only four. We got two more to go. The third one is communicated psychosis. Here is where one partner is going to share their delusion. The secondary is going to push back, reject the ideas, but then eventually accept accept them and integrate the delusions into their own lives. Even when these relationships end, both parties are going to continue believing the delusion. Dang. Hmm. And then the most dangerous one is induced psychosis. This is where both the primary and the secondary are going to have a mental illness and they will build on these delusions together. Like they essentially keep hyping each other up in a dangerous way. Oh, yes. So um, treatment, most times to treat this and you're really just treating the secondary because they're the ones that suffer, quote unquote, with the shared psychosis, but they're going to need to be medicated and definitely separated from the primary and in some cases even hospitalized. I didn't go in the full list because there's all these drugs and stuff, but just get yourself away from the primary crazy, okay? Then you can calm down. That's insane. Yes. And I mentioned it's rare, but psychologists aren't even entirely sure how rare it is. They only know that it accounts for, this is the most specific Sarah Lund number, 1.7 to 2.5% of mental institutions' populations. There isn't. Yeah, which is very small, and there isn't really a way to know how many people in general, like in the general population, it affects. Can what people, they? I'm so sorry. I no, can you're good. people like have like I know you just said like the different types. Yeah, but, like if I even if I'm a first or a second, can I like live a life? Like, can I go to work? Probably. Okay. I just like I feel like that's one that could people could just be like. You picture, like, the old crotchety couple, like, living in their home, and they just, like, think everyone's out to, like, destroy their lawn. Like, I know that's, like, a joke, but, like, some people, like, get weird about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking in my head, like, that's so crazy that they could just go on and, like, live their lives and be, quote, quote, normal. But really, you live in a hallucination. Yeah, like, I didn't cover this case, but um, some of our, one of our fan mail brought this to me. Her name's Brooke. She... Wanted me to cover the Trump family, but I think I want to leave mm-hmm. that for you to go in detail maybe, Aaron, one day. But basically, it's just this family. They were a family of farmers in Australia, and they all fled their homes. They left their phones at home because they didn't want to be tracked. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It's yes. so weird. It would take a Ooh. long time, but they were like a family of successful farmers. So, yes, they can lead their daily lives. Dang. And even like this, the people in France, I don't know what they were doing, but they were only in their mid-30s. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. I was just curious. You could. You could not. Because especially if someone's dealing with schizophrenia, they it may be more difficult. Like mm-hmm. I know one of the studies I read about was um, like single mothers who have kids that are schizophrenic. And not many of them had a shared psychosis, but like in a very small percentage, they found it. Wow. So it's wow. different for everybody. I guess it depends yeah. how extreme the delusion is. 
Well, and I was just going to say, too, because if it's shared psychosis, what if only either the primary or the secondary, you know, is admitted or goes to get help? How can they even determine that it's a shared psychosis if there's not two of them? There's probably so much unreported. You can't. Yeah, exactly. So very interesting. Yes. And this used to be its own section in the DSM, which for one drink, can anyone tell me what the DSM stands for? Oh, what? Oh, um, shoot. <laughs> diagnostic something, ooh, diagnostic something manual. Um, shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, you're so close. Symptom? Is it S? You said it's S. Yep. Symptom. I see where your head's at. Not quite. It's not what you think. I can't. I can't. Statistical is what you're looking for. Ah. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I just call it by its acronym. <laughs> so, which <laughs> you should. Yeah, it used to be its own category, but now they have it up under schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders. So I think it is hard to report on what is shared uh, psychosis and what is mm-hmm. schizophrenia and people around them. So, wow. yes. So, yes, there isn't a way to know how many people it affects. Like you were saying, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. What they do know is that it's connected to criminality. It is one of the few, like, psychology things we know is connected to criminality. More specifically, it's associated Hmm. with murder, attempted murder, assault, and kidnapping. Okay. (laughs) Because people, they believe these things so hard. Like, they know it's, like, they don't think it's crazy. They think it is legitimately a concern everyone should have. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Which brings me to a fantastically sinister case. I'm ready. The weather is so perfect for this, you guys. I hope it's raining wherever you're listening. Okay. (laughs) So it's the case of three middle school-aged girls. Um, Morgan... Morgan Geyser. I don't think they said their last last names. I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were like naming like... I thought... (laughs) They were named Morgan, Aaron, and Sarah... And they all started a podcast because they thought it was no. Okay, it's they Morgan. They were funny. <laughs> yes, Morgan, Alyssa, and Peyton. They became best friends in middle school. They all considered themselves misfits, but all cool because they had bound their people. You know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. They all liked eyeliner, reading, and a little urban legend of Slenderman. Yeah. Oh, no. For oh, anyone no. over the age of twenty, Slenderman is a tall—you guessed it—slender man who wears a suit and has blurry facial features. Sounds like the perfect middle school friend, right? (laughs) You would be correct. There's a small catch with Mr. Man. He likes to steal children. Morgan, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia and psychotic spectrum disorder, was hanging out with Alyssa one day, as you do in middle school. They're hanging out, watching some TV, gossiping, and trying to figure out a way to prove that Slender Man is real. They go round and round, terrible ideas, one after the other, and then it all becomes so obvious. All they have to do is kill Peyton as a sacrifice to Mr. Slenderman. Jesus. <laughs> On Morgan's birthday, they are all three over at Happy Morgan's birthday. house. Happy <laughs> birthday! They decide to take a walk. I can only assume that Peyton thought it was to get a better background for their selfies on Instagram. I don't know if they had Instagram. Yeah, I don't care. The three girls walk to a park. Oh, what fun. Then they go into the woods. Fantastic lighting. There, Morgan and Alyssa stab Peyton multiple times and leave her for dead. Uh, 
Yes. They are in middle school. But Peyton, Mm -hmm. our precious little badass, wasn't dead. I repeat, (gasps) was not dead. Yeah, baby. Yes, Peyton. Yes. Peyton, who is 12 years old, in the woods and has been stabbed both physically and metaphorically in the back from bitches formerly known as friends. Spicy. You guys are 12. You need to do something yeah, else. You need that She manages cool. to crawl out of the tree line where she is found by a cyclist. The cyclist calls for medical help and Peyton is saved. Oh, and damn. Yes. And this isn't just like these girls thought it like gave a cover story because the police pick Morgan and Alyssa up walking to Nicolette National Forest where they believed they would be welcomed into the house of Slenderman because they had obviously paid the price of entry by killing their friend. At trial, both girls were found not guilty by reason of insanity and sentenced to a mental institution for 25 and 40 years. 25 and 4D, 40? Yeah, I don't remember which one did which. Sorry about that. But one of them got 25, one of them got 40. I bet you 40 is Morgan, the one who was like the primary one. But Yeah. Oh my God. So I know I went over it super quick, but what I was trying to display is um, it just takes like, one person who really does have these delusions and hallucinations, one more person to kind of get in. And then she literally convinced this girl it was a great idea to kill their friend. So this fictional creepy pasta thing could be proven as real. That's so effed up. They were 12. Bro, All I'm saying I'm is school, millennials don't sound about, that bad, do they? No, I was worried about my freaking gaucho pants mansion, my limited two shirt, and seeing if making hopefully I can still fit in it, and my sequin ass purse having enough room for my freaking Nintendo DS and my <laughs> fake cell phone. Like I'm I don't sorry, think you could have been there for Yes. I wouldn't have fit in, that's for damn sure. Yeah. So is Peyton okay though? Yeah, Peyton's alive. Like she survived, right? Yep. And she was she like, them bitches did that. <laughs> Poor yeah. girl. I know. Oh my God. So that is shared psychosis. <laughs> Way to end it. I know. Drop a bomb. Um, That's usually how I end my stories. Yeah, really? <laughs> even in my notes, I put like, definitely spooky. Don't even know how to close it. Uh, just be good <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> Think twice before buying into new ideas. It shared wow. psychosis may no longer be its own diagnosis, but it is still real. Jeez. Thanks for listening. This whole thing we've... has been a delusion. <laughs> oh, good. Or a hallucination, I guess. Oh. Or Can both. you imagine having to question your own reality so much? Like, especially if you're diagnosed with no. schizophrenia or something. It's like, you have to know some of it's not real, but you don't know what's not real. Like, one day I will cover schizophrenia, but it's going to... It's a pretty heavy hitter, so I got to space it out. But it is terrifying to me. Well, I meant to ask you, and I'm now I'm forgetting the title of the book, but the book Brooke lent us about... The Great um, Pretender. Yes. Have you read that? No, ma'am. So the author, I don't... She had, um, I guess, a little spoiler for the book, but the author who wrote it had some sort of um, disorder or diagnosis that made her have kind of like hallucinations, delusions... Um, psychosis and a lot of um, doctors she went to didn't believe her like she literally got um, admitted into like a mental hospital because they thought she was crazy and she's like no I'm not but she was having these delusions so finally she got a doctor who um, was able to 
you know, diagnose her right. correctly. So thank God for that. But that's terrifying. I think yeah. she wrote a whole book just on that. So that's that story's a bit different, but she does go into her um, history of dealing yeah. with that. It'd be easy so, to do. I mean, I don't envy these poor people that have to live not with at this all. every day. Not the at all. It's terrifying. I heard I, uh, my high school psychology teacher, I think someone in her family, maybe like her niece or her nephew, uh, had schizophrenia and constantly saw a tennis ball just floating like in the peripheral of their vision, like in the upper right hand corner, just constantly moving and like looking wherever they were. Can you Ooh, imagine no. how annoying that would be? Yes. <sighs> There's a good movie about like hallucinations. It's got Russell Crowe in it. Oh. A Beautiful Mind. Yes. That is Ooh, a really good mm-hmm. one if you're trying to figure out like what a hallucination would be like. It's and, got my well, he has Connolly in it. <laughs> yeah, he has hallucinations and delusions. So that's a good it's one. A really good movie. It's not about shared psychosis. It's about schizophrenia. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is my bit. <laughs> Hope it was spooky. <laughs> How it was. It like thank mine you. Was like the least sc- prob. Well, no, mine was a plantation. Mine's probably it. They're all sinister. We did good. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Once people look at those pictures, they'll realize just how spooky <laughs> your story was. <laughs> yeah. It seems so calm. Like good yeah, luck. It's a plantation house. Like whatever. No, bruh. There Go visit if you dare. And then email us and let us know how it went. Yes. Scout it out. Yes, yes. Scout it out. Yeah. Well, if you do go to any of those places and want to send us some pics, send us your experiences, or just give us some story ideas, uh, you can send those to SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who's been following us on Instagram. We've grown like... Not a lot of followers, but a lot in my book. I'm freaking excited. You know what? Yeah. You guys are sharing our stuff, and that's what it takes. We need you. We love it. We love seeing you guys share your, the episodes on your stories. Um, we love the fact that we're getting new followers. It's great. So, again, follow us on Instagram, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Send us your email ideas. We love to hear it. We're so thankful yep. for you all. So, yes. Yeah. And then 35. I have one little shout out as well uh so thank you for everyone who's been rating and reviewing us on apple Podcasts. so since our last episode we did have someone else give us a review and i thought i'd just um shout that username out it's smiley face and i'm just gonna say it how i think it's written l o l because i had a lot of l's a lot of o's a lot of l's um (laughs) said she really liked our games how we decide who um when we go in our stories and she also said she described us as a round table discussion of things spooky and true crime i thought that was really cool oh yeah i'm a use or he i guess it's he or she they them thank you for leaving that review we appreciate it and if you haven't yet go over Yeah. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. (laughs) And if you haven't, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. It means the world to us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.